It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma City Thunder, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Thunder podcast, Halloween edition. I am your host, Carson Cunningham. Apologize for the lack of podcasts lately. I was on the road. Couldn't quite turn out a podcast from West Virginia where I was at covering some Oklahoma State football as well as Oklahoma football. We are back at it this week. Thunder on the road at the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll break down that matchup against the Greek Freak. That should be a lot of fun. We'll talk about that. We have to recap the just insane plane incident that happened with the Thunder as they were landing in Chicago. What in the world did that thing hit? We will investigate. Plus, we will do a stock up, stock down, a stock report for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Guys, I think, whose stock are moving up or at their peak. And guys whose stock are moving down. We'll, we'll go over that as well. Answer a couple Twitter questions and go over kind of where the Thunder rank in the NBA. Some interesting stats for you as, as far as where they rank in certain categories. Uh, but first, let's break down this plane incident before we talk about the Milwaukee Bucks, shall we? I, like you, saw all the tweets coming out of the Thunder players uh, when they landed in Chicago. Josh Eustace tweeting out, you know, we hit something, dot, 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 at like 33,000 feet. Uh, Your first instinct is, what in the world did they hit? Uh, Steven Adams tweeted at NASA, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and Bill Nye the Science Guy. Demanding answers. What caused this, Steven asked those guys. 30,000 feet in the air. And Carmelo took the, uh, you know, everyone is safe, all praise due to God. So he was he was just happy everyone was happy, or everyone was safe, and obviously everyone echoes those sentiments. But just looking at the photo of the plane, the nose, like how in the world did cabin pressure not get lost? It looks like it almost poked a, a hole in the front of the plane. Just a huge dent, like the size of, gosh, like a satellite dish almost, right on the front of that nose. But, uh, you know... 
they they say that it hit a bird, which you know all the Twitter jokes were. Did it hit a pterodactyl? That was kind of the common joke, and I I was dubious that birds could fly that high up at thirty thousand feet. But I have done some research. Uh, but before I get to that, you know, my first instinct was, well, maybe it was like a big piece of frozen rain. <laughs> like, like did they hit a meteor? Like a, maybe a meteor, sh- a comet shot down and they happened to collide. Although you would think that would do more damage than that. But obviously, a bird is the most likely scenario. And my research tells me that there are birds that can fly up to thirty-seven thousand feet. Yes. One of these birds is called a Rupel's Griffin Vulture, which has been spotted at flying 37,000 feet. Uh, it <laughs> can weigh up to 20 pounds. Its wingspan is up to 8 feet. So it had to be that. And they've also, there's been a report of one of those flying into an engine of a, of a commercial plane. So I guess, I guess they found themselves a Rupel's Griffin Vulture. Flying at 30,000 feet. That's the only thing I can come up with. I don't think it was a UFO. I certainly don't think it was a meteor. Uh, but just a scary incident. But glad everyone's everyone's safe with the Oklahoma City Thunder. So that was kind of a wild, wild event over the weekend. But as I mentioned, they're playing the uh, Milwaukee Bucks tonight. And, uh, of course, that means a showdown with the Greek Freak. He's been unbelievable. He really has made what we call the leap going from a, a really good player to, or he was already an all-star, I guess, but going from an all-star to one of the very best, maybe not, maybe the best NBA player so far this season. I don't think that's very arguable. He's been he's been unbelievable. His numbers have been off the charts. Um, he is averaging a league-leading 34.7 points, 10.7 rebounds, and 5.5 and assists per game. He's scored 30 or more in five of Milwaukee's six games this year. That's unbelievable. He's the first player in the NBA to average at least 34 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists through the first six games of the season. That's how good this guy's been. So from a Thunder perspective, it's going to be fascinating to see how they slow this guy down. Obviously, I think if you're the Thunder, you've got to put Paul George on him. Paul George has proven to be one of the elite defensive players in the NBA. He's played like that so far this season. And really, a matchup like this is why you watch the NBA, right? I mean, Giannis versus Paul George. Doesn't get much better than that as far as a defender going against a defender. Uh, Giannis guarding him as well. Uh, that will be fascinating to watch. And you have to wonder how much they will put Andre Robertson on Greek Freak to spell Paul George. He obviously isn't going to guard him the whole game. And at times this year, Andre hasn't had a reason to be on the floor. But I think tonight, with you, know, you have Chris Middleton playing very well for Milwaukee. You have the Greek Freak. So I think, I think you have to play Andre Robertson more than maybe you have in the past. And uh, if he becomes just totally inept on offense, uh, if he airballs a couple free throws, then you go to Josh Hustis. But uh, that's going to be a fascinating matchup to watch uh, for sure as far as Milwaukee's concerned. That game's tonight, 7 o'clock uh, tip in Milwaukee. So it's going to be interesting to see. You know, Thunder, they're 3-3 three and three this year, and there's been a tendency for people to freak out about where they at th- are at this year. And I, it's about what I expected. I, I kind of expected them to be about – 500 through the first month of the season they've beaten some bad teams um, minnesota hits a, a buzzer beater from near midcourt with andrew wiggins in their first matchup to beat them very easily could not be 500 with if that shot doesn't go down but uh, I, I haven't been too discouraged i think their defense has been absolutely elite they are ranked number one in the league in steals per game that's unbelievable stat they average 11 and a half 
uh, steals per game. They had 16 against the Bulls. Now, look, I, know, I think the Bulls might be the worst team in the NBA. They also held the Bulls to eight points in the third quarter. But the, the takeaway there with the, the numbers of steals being so high, being number one in the league, is if there's one thing we know about the Thunder this far in the season is they are an absolutely elite defensive team. And while their offense is going to take some time for them to gel and, and mesh and, and, and figure things out, which they're still doing, still doesn't look good at times when it's not the Russell show, one thing we do know is they are absolutely elite on the defensive end, and that's something they can, they can ride in the playoffs. That's one thing that will give them an advantage in playoff series because playoff series tend to slow down. They're possession by possession, and uh, their defense is something they can really lean on. With, with Paul, Paul George has been immense. Steven Adams obviously been incredible on the defensive end as well. And they really haven't had an elite Andre Robertson yet. Uh, you have to wonder if he's healthy. They, they kind of they leaked that he had PRP on his knee, which we didn't know about to start the year. We knew about Russell's, but they didn't say anything about Andre's, which I thought was curious. But uh, he has not looked like the same defender that he did last year, and that goes without saying about his offense and his free throws. Uh, Thunder are twelfth in points, which is about you know middle of the road, a little higher than that. Um, been fine. Haven't shot the ball that well, but I thought Carmelo has really played well offensively and proven what an elite scorer he is. They're 17th in turnovers. Uh, not great, but when you when you turn people over the most in the league, you make up for that. Uh, this is interesting. The Thunder are 6th in the league in assists per game, which used to be just their Achilles heel. They used to be near the bottom in the league in assists. And what that tells you is, one, they're obviously sharing the ball, but they have guys who can make shots, which they just haven't had over the years as far as when you get past Kevin and Russell. They haven't had very good offensive players. And I know people tend to rip their offense for being stagnant, for being isolation. Well, it sure looks better when the ball goes through the net. And so obviously sixth in the league in assists is a big jump from where they've typically been. Uh, but now the negative, 27th in free throws. Um, for some reason, even their elite stars are not hitting free throws. It's weird. Russell mentioned that he had this routine where he used to uh, walk behind the three-point line and then walk back, and now with the new league rules, he can't do that. It's kind of thrown him out of his rhythm. He's still learning which rhythm to kind of get into, but it's something he's done since high school. So that's going to take him a minute. And uh, obviously just 27 of the free throws is not good at all, and they're not getting to the line as much as they used to as well. That's also a concern uh, at this point in the season. And they're 25th in rebounds, which, you know, the opposite effect of, we, you know, of the assists, you know, that they've always been near the bottom. They've always been near the top in rebounds. And so that's, that's obviously going to happen when you trade away a guy like Ennis Cantor, one of the ba- best rebounders in the entire league. Uh, I thought Carmelo didn't rebound well early in the season. Um, obviously, Andre Robertson's not rebounding at all, hardly. Steven Adams is. But just as a team overall, their length has, has gone away a little bit with some of their acquisitions, but hasn't been great on the rebounding end. So that's kind of where they stand in some of the, some of the more key categories. Uh, let's do some stock up, stock down, a stock report for the Oklahoma City Thunder now. Uh, stock up, you got to start Russell Westbrook, right? I mean, <laughs> still on pace for, I think, 41 triple-doubles. He's had, has had one in about half their games this year. Uh, one thing we've also learned is that, while it's all well and good for Russell to – get Carmelo going, to get Paul George going, to get Steven Adams going on the pick and roll. This team becomes elite when Russell is dominating the ball and dominating the possessions. Because he can get everybody involved through him, but he also needs to be the number one option. The guy's a two-time scoring champion for a reason. 
And I think he's kind of now just realizing the balance that he has to weigh, which is something he's going to have to deal with all season long, really. is How do you balance the I'm the man, I'm the MVP with I'm also the point guard and I need to get these guys going? And I think that's been kind of a learning learning progress for him. But, man, he, recently he's really taken off. Another triple-double against Chicago. Uh, he's been, at times this year, when he is at his peak, he is the best player in the NBA. I've said that before on this podcast. Like, he is just dominant, just a dominant force when he has the basketball. And it's been fun to watch him. So Russell Westbrook's stock is definitely way up. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, stock up. And it's more more so than just the basketball, but he's obviously scoring very well. Uh, he's, he's having a really good year offensively. Uh, he's he's seemingly it's been seemingly the Russell and Carmelo Anthony show there late in games. Uh, hasn't been the Paul George show, which we kind of expected. Um, he's really done a really good job fill, fitting in with Russell on those pick and pop scenarios. Uh, done a good job playing at the second unit. I think I think Carmelo's been good this year. I, I mentioned he needs to rebound a little better, and he's done that at times this year. But uh, I think his stock's up, and more importantly than just the basketball. You know, what was the big narrative for him? He's averaging 23.8 points per game, uh, 19.7 PER on the year. Uh, averaging just 3.8 rebounds per game. That needs to go up if he's going to play the, the four spot, which he is. But he also had that great quote about Russell. Uh, one of those games, he was like, Russ, we're here for you, Russell. We came to Oklahoma City because we believe in you. Which goes against all of the narratives, right? That about Carmelo, that he's selfish, that he's a cancer, that you know all the bad narratives about Carmelo. He's saying all the right things. Now, if they go on a losing streak and he doesn't get the ball in the fourth quarter, will he be saying similar things? We'll find out. But to this point, he's said and done all the right things. Um, he's still a little bit of a black hole. <laughs> he passing the ball. That pro- that ball's probably not coming out. But that's that's who he is. He's an elite scorer, elite one-on-one scorer, and anytime he shoots the ball, he thinks it's going in, and most of the time it does. So uh, stock up definitely for, for Carmelo. I think he's been really good so far. And who else we got here? Uh, Steven Adams. You know, back in 2016, the playoff series he had against the Warriors and the Spurs, he looked like he was developing into a top-five player at the center position. And then and last year happened, which he didn't have a very good year. We all know that. I think a lot of that had to do with teams being able to focus on him and Russ on their pick and roll that they love so much. And you're seeing just what he can do with space now that they have Carmelo and Paul George. He's having a top, he's he's playing like a top five center again, which is what we expected out of him last year. Averaging 14 points, eight rebounds. The stats never tell the story with Steven Adams. He's just such a good team player, does so much defensively that doesn't show up in blocks and, and eye, eye-catching stats like that, but he is the anchor of the defense, and they're, they've been one of the best defensive teams in the league. He's been awesome there. And I mentioned the space. That pick-and-roll is just devastating with him and Russell. They've been awesome on that. And for my money, Steven's been their second-best player this year. I just sang Carmelo Anthony's praises, but top to bottom, every aspect of the game, Steven Adams has been their second-best player. And people were ripping his contract last year. That looks like a bargain right now for a guy who's just 24 years old. And he fits so well with, with Russell and Paul. and, and star, he just, He's a center that's a star, but doesn't demand the ball like a star or demand to be treated like a star, which is invaluable. I think his stock is just through the roof right now. How about uh, stock down? Well, I think you got to start with uh, Andre Robertson. 
Um, there's been times this year Josh Hustis has been playing over him, which I, I kind of mentioned in our preseason pod, and people thought I was crazy to say that Josh Hustis would be an option uh, behind Andre Robertson. But I think Billy Donovan's realized that, hasn't he? You know, last year they couldn't afford to take Andre Robertson off the floor. They couldn't afford to lose his defense. Um, but now that they have some offensive options, you absolutely can. Now that the they can outscore some teams with Paul George and Carmelo, you absolutely can. And his, his minutes are way down. And Josh Eustis played in crunch time recently this season over Andre Robertson, a guy who makes $10 million a year. Now, Houston's contract options coming up today. No word on that yet, but and they, they don't really know what the the roster's going to look like next year. But I mean, this is not trending well at all for for Andre Robertson. Played just 10 minutes against Minnesota. Played 20 against Chicago, but that game was over well early. Played 21 minutes against Indiana, 22 against Minnesota. He was playing 30 minutes last year. So, I mean, it's it's clear to me Billy Donovan has had enough. It's clear to me Billy Donovan says, oh, well, Josh Hustis can hit an open jump shot, and his defense has been pretty good. So let's play him. And I tend to agree with that. I mean, there's going to be times you need Andre Robertson, specifically tonight against the Bucks, but uh, he's he's had a horrific start to the season. I don't think he's been put in the right spots either, necessarily, by Billy Donovan. He needs to be running the baseline, doing – Doing stuff around the rim, less hanging out in the corner. But uh, thus far, his stock is way down. And another guy stocks down for me is Alex Abrinas. You know, I kind of, speaking of the leap that I mentioned with Steven Adams, I expected Alex Abrinas to make, make the leap this year, become an elite shooter off the bench, really make an impact with his offense, be a, a really good alternative to an Andre Robertson. But uh, results have not been there. Uh, he played 18 minutes against the Bulls, 105 from three, just five points. His defense is always going to be a liability, so if he's not hitting shots, you can't play the guy. He had eight minutes against the Timberwolves, no points, missed his only three-point attempt, not good. 13 minutes against the Pacers, uh, hit one of his threes, two of five from the floor. 14 minutes against the Wolves, 29 against Utah, and 24 against the Knicks. Now, that's, his minutes have gone down almost every game until the Bulls game. That's uh, that's one way to get your stock down on the stock market trend. So, not sure what's going on with Alex. Uh, part of it's, you know, rotations. Part of it's Billy Donovan learning who to put in there. But part of it's he hasn't been able to hold up his end of the bargain with his shooting. And teams, when he's in there, they just go right after him. So, that's... He's, he has the opposite problem of uh, of Andre Robertson. He, he can't play defense, and uh, if he's not hitting shots, you can't play him. So I don't think that'll last this year. I think Alex can heat up any moment, and I, I do think he needs to play. I actually like seeing him in lineups with the starters instead I, instead of Andre Robertson. I think that could be an interesting recall, putting putting Alex Branson in the starting lineup, seeing how he does there. I think at times last year when he played with Russell, he was far more effective just because of the space he was able to get. So I would like to see him tinker more with the lineups with Abrinas, see what he can do. But as of now, his his stock is down. Uh, I had a couple Twitter questions. Uh, one from my, my friend James Wynn. He said, Ray Felton has been excellent so far this year. Do you want to see more two-point guard lineups, possible lineup to close games? I absolutely do. Now, they're, they're, they ran Felton with his, the closing lineup against Minnesota, and they were able to exploit his, his height 
a little bit on the other end. That's that's a concern for me with the two point guard lineups. But Ray Felton's been awesome, and I said before the year he's gonna he's gonna look even better because the Thunder have had no backup point guard for the last four years, not since Reggie Jackson really. So he's all he's gonna look better just by playing well at all. But he actually he's actually surpassed my expectations with how well he's played. He's been a really good. He's been the best player off the bench so far this year, uh, which by by a long ways. So I, I don't hate that idea at all, especially if Alex Abrinas is struggling, Andre Robertson's struggling, and uh, you want to get away from uh, the, those two at the shooting guard position. So I don't hate that idea at all. And I, I, I think Billy Donovan's already shown he's willing to go to that. So that's interesting. Uh, Levi Taylor asks, from what we've seen so far this year, how many all-stars are on this Thunder team? Well, right now, there's only two. I think you got to say Russell Westbrook and Carmelo. Now, Carmelo's not getting on just because of numbers. He'd be getting on because he's Carmelo and he'd get the vote, you would think. Uh, Paul George has not played up to his standard. I don't want to say he's played poorly. Uh, he's played great defense, as I mentioned earlier. He's one of the biggest reasons they're elite defensively and number one in the NBA in steals. But uh, his PER is way down. His offense, His offense has been terrible. He has not shot the ball well at all. He's 17th in the, or his PER is 17.7. That puts him at, I looked it up earlier, he's way down on the PER standings. He is 93rd in the league in PER. Uh, Not good. Guys who are ahead of him are uh, Mike Conley, Jeff Teague, Serge Ibaka, our old friend, Willie Cauley-Stein, Ricky Rubio. Those are not offensive players that are ahead of him. Robin Lopez, better PER. So it's it, he has he has started off slow. Uh we all kind of thought Carmelo would be the one to slowly fit in, but it's it's actually been Paul George. So right now if I had to guess, I would say there'd be two All-Stars, but I I don't again, I don't expect this to last. If I had to to ultimately bet the farm who's going to be uh an All-Star, I'd probably say Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Carmelo because I think the Thunder are going to be one of the better teams in the NBA once they figure it out. I think their record will be pretty pretty solid. And then, obviously, Carmelo's going to get a lot of votes just because he's Carmelo. So that's kind of where I see it. And, uh, yeah, that, that's, that'll do it for the uh, Locked on Thunder edition today. They got the Bucks tonight. We should do a recap podcast recapping that game coming up tomorrow. So uh, stay tuned. Again, if you're uh, listening to this podcast, please rate and subscribe. Uh, on on uh, Megaphone and iTunes. That really helps the podcast. And again, I'm Carson Cunningham, and you've been listening to Locked on Thunder. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design, the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite-only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.